0: Listen and listen good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure whatever they vaccinated them against, it wasn't enough. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show.
1: So thank you so much for joining us. We had a million things we've been dying to ask you for a while because um, there's so much going on in the world of comedy. And yes. as you know, you're you're our favorite comedian and like the smartest person we know. So we That's, were like, OK, two well, good things. the
0: bar. And you own a mic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <So> I- <laughs> and
2: yes,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> check all those boxes
1: yeah no that drives us crazy like i can't tell oh, you how often God. i'll be a guest on some um some show of somebody that should or we'll have like celebrities on here i won't say yeah. who but we'll have like big name celebrities and they're like yelling across the room it's like you can't crazy. no. just I, have an I, assistant I... run out and buy a, t- a ten dollar mic for you
3: yeah, you'll see on MSNBC, you'll they'll be like interviewing a, like a congress person and they're just talking <laughs> into their crappy MacBook right. Air microphone. Mm-hmm. Just, it this is not you know, I'm not living on easy street and somehow I managed to pick myself up a USB microphone. Right. It's not, a, you know, it's not a major life investment. It's not going to depreciate. Like you don't have to lease it. Exactly. Go buy one.
1: Yeah. It's a good point. So we like having you on for that, for that Thank as well. Um, so um, before we get into the funny stuff, were you, did you have a relationship with Bob Saget? Did you have anything? What, what were your thoughts about him in general? No, cause we've heard so many great things about oh, I him. I know. I know. And yeah,
3: I think I'm the only person in, in the comedy world who does not have a personal relationship with Bob Zackett? Like, really? You know, it to his credit. I mean, I never, I never lived in LA, you know, and he mm. was always, at least since I started comedy was always a Los Angeles dude. And so I think most of the people know him from that in that context and culturally he was kind of behind. He was not in my cultural wheelhouse growing up, mm. you know, mm. much older was too yeah. old for full house and America's funniest home videos is what my friends would all make fun of and insult the right. time. You know what I mean? Now I see it as like, oh, this was like a real comic and this was a gig he took because I would take that gig too. You're on television. Like, you know, it affords you the ability to go out and tour and do the kind of stand-up act you want to. But if you had told me as a as a teenager that like one day people are going to be really upset that Bob Saget passed away, I would have called you a liar. Right. <laughs> you know, it would, it would have been ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Who is Bob Saget?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I would no. have not even knew who is Bob Saget, but it's just like, you mean the, the home videos guy? Like people right, right. People are upset about it? Like, like, you know, and I'm not questioning the people who, because apparently he really was just a, a prince of a, of a human being. And as a stand up comic, I thought he was really funny. And obviously the aristocrats is great. And, you know, and uh, so I have a lot of, a lot of respect for the dude. But it's, a, it's weird how life, life is long.
1: So who are the comics that influenced you? Like when you were a little baby comic growing up, who did you look at and go, oh, that's like, that's the career I want. That's the person that influenced me the most.
3: Well, it's funny. You know, I never had any aspirations to do stand-up comedy until maybe two weeks before I started doing it. You know, You're know, you kidding. A, no, I mean, I, when I when I think back, I was a comedy-obsessed kid, mm-hmm. but I never really thought of it as a path for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had... Of course, you know, I was in those – I'm 48, and so I grew up, you know, when Cable was introduced, and they really only had, like, 12 properties that they could air on Mm -hmm. HBO. Right. One of them was, like, Bill Cosby himself, and so I, I must have seen Bill Cosby himself. 500 times and obviously that has been colored strangely over the years Mm -hmm. in my memories of that but you know I can't deny that it was the one of the biggest influences on me and and of course all the things in that generation Eddie Murphy delirious uh, you know my dad was kind of introduced me to George Carlin so I'd like George Carlin class clown and and Steve Martin probably I I remember for Christmas one year I got a uh, a Steve Martin live it was uh, called homage to Steve uh-huh it was him at sort of the height you know he's playing arenas with the white suit and the arrow mm-hmm. thing and all that and um that i probably i think i wore out that videotape wow uh, but yeah so i mean they were influences but not not in an overt way yeah uh, when i actually started doing stand-up it was people like janine garofalo uh because i kind of came it from like I was a big fan of like Kids in the Hall and then the Ben Stiller show and so when I first started watching a lot of stand-up it was kind of in through that sort of 90s alt mm. Window. Um, Yeah, yeah. That's
1: that was those were my favorites too. Like I have the same thing where like I remember Janine Garofalo to me was just like she was my generation in every way, shape, or form. Like, I mean, even her getting up there with just some scraps of paper and being like, "Let me try this joke." Okay, that didn't work. Throw it away
3: completely. Yeah, because I always thought of you know I grew up in the the stand up boom of the eighties, and I guess because I. Probably wanted to do it on some level, but hadn't admitted it to myself. I kind of made fun of stand-up comedy all the time. It's just like, Mm. oh, these are corny dudes that push up their blazer sleeves, (laughs) (laughs) purple blazer with the (laughs) sleeves pushed up and the t-shirt underneath. And it it seemed just irreducibly corny to me at the time. And so... That, that kind of quote-unquote alternative comedy revolution was sort of my entryway into comedy. And now what I do is probably way closer to Purple Blazer Guy than it is to <laughs> the cool kids. Mm-hmm. But I needed some sort of permission to sort of get involved or to want to get into comedy, because at the time it seemed like just painfully
0: uncool in every way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Have, have you went back and changed your act since the Me Too movement? Have you taken out some things, or do you not write certain jokes now because of you don't want to be canceled? Or How does that work in your head now?
3: It does not Where I mean, I, I resist all notions. I mean, there's certainly jokes that, I mean, man, there are a lot of jokes I look back on that I used to do that I wouldn't do now. Like what? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I wouldn't do them not because of fear of cancellation but I wouldn't do them because I feel differently now mm-hmm. right so, right. A, a lot of times I think what happens with comics is you know people think that comics passionately believe the things that are coming out of their mouths a lot of times you just you find an angle on something that's funny and so you almost take on a, an opinion or a persona just because it's a funny premise do do you know what i mean like like i oh my god i found a a, a hilarious joke about q-tips or you know and and how um, how much i hate q-tips you don't actually hate q-tips but that's just sort of (laughs) that's the (laughs) the structure
1: of the joke like who hates q-tips yeah
3: yeah (laughs) <laughs> but you you can fall in love with what I call the, the math of the joke. You know, like the, the joke structure is like, oh, and then I say this and then I call back to it 30 seconds later and it's, uh. you know, or it's got some cool wordplay and the the punchline. you know, there's sort of a misdirect. I mean, these are kind of dorky comedy terms, but where you think I'm going to say one thing and then I say another thing and that's funny. And so sometimes you can kind of fall in love with the joke construction to where mm. you're almost blind to what it is you're actually saying, like the opinion <laughs> you're actually uh, putting across, and I think that's a spe- specifically true of of young comics because they're just so happy that they've come up with something that makes people laugh. Right, they're not really thinking like, is this my worldview, and do I want to stand by it? Mm-hmm. You know, right. And so there's a lot of jokes I made that you know I was like, why did I, why would I have used that as a punchline when that's not the way I feel or ever felt? You, you know what I mean? So right. right.
1: That's and the I hardest think- thing though, because you like you growing up in comedy you growing up out there like you know us i mean i guess it's kind of the same thing like we're in radio so but mostly we talked about pop culture and stuff we gave our opinion but we never right. said like anything about no men, i mean we,
0: we i go back and listen to some of the stuff we did and i wouldn't play it now
1: right that's yeah. true but it's not but it, it's not that we would get canceled over because we've never we've never been those people we just never did but mm-hmm. you i think in comedy it's harder because you have to you have to have your finger on the pulse of the culture in the moment so you think, really kind like of kind of have to comment. Yeah. You have to comment on stuff that people are thinking about, right?
3: Yeah, and, and and the 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 comedic sweet spot is always right at the line between appropriate and inappropriate. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, <sighs> that's really where a lot of the juice is, you know. Unless you're just kind of a, a one-liner, like a Stephen Wright comic, who's just kind of or you know, Demetri Martin, or like where you're kind of a Finding sort of absurd one or two line jokes. Mm-hmm. If you're actually kind of an opinion comedian, the the real exciting material is the stuff that kind of makes people feel two ways at once, you know, where it's like, oh, that's, that's so wrong. And that's so right like that. And that's obviously going to, that line is going to change. Right. Time. And but does
1: it? I mean, how do you feel about that? Because every time I hear a comic have to defend something that they said because they were trying to be funny or they were funny or they or they're just funny, um, I'm always like, you know, I remember working with Joan Rivers for years. I people know that I used to produce her radio show, and you know, she would say like some outrageous stuff. But she was like, "I'm a comedian, tough shit." Like that's, I mean, she didn't come up in a yeah. time people would cancel you, but she would say some pretty outrageous stuff that now she could never say. But she would still say it, even if it's something that you could never say. Of so, course. what's your What's your theory on that what do you think about that
3: i think that you know that sort of idea of like oh my god you could never say that now is also what people were saying about blackface <laughs> you know you know what i mean that i promise you if you had gone back in time and be like oh man you can't joke about anything anymore so this is a a constant conversation that has been put on Hyperdrive because of social media. Mm -hmm. Because now you're able to actually hear the reactions of the people that maybe you're offending. And I don't think that invalidates jokes. If the joke is funny enough, I think you should stand by it. But just expect that you're going to get some blowback. You know, you're going to get, and also to put that blowback in context, that it's a lot of times the people who are quote unquote canceling you, Mm. they don't care about you. They're performing for their followers. Mm, That's a good point. They're trying to show their followers, look at what kind of person I am. I'm fighting this person. Right. You know. Right. And so I kind of, you know, Bill Burr has a real great attitude about these things. I think like he's just kind of like, it's fine, whatever. Sure. You know, like <laughs> I- when people come at him. Because a lot of the things he says I don't agree with. And I to me, yeah. a lot of his jokes do fall on the other side of the line where I don't know that they're super helpful. But mm. either he's hilarious. In 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 his mindset is just sure get upset okay fine right mm-hmm. that's okay <laughs> you know people are allowed to be upset and people are allowed to move on and that that's sort of that whiny bill mark contingent is just like mm. you just could not sound any older to me
1: right it's so true i feel like i feel the same way I feel like the stuff you're complaining about just makes you sound old it doesn't make you yeah. sound cool or woke
3: no 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 you know it makes no, you sound stupid not, and it's just like the last vestige of of a, of a sort of dumb comedian is to kind of to go Purely for, like, my comedy is a reaction to the reaction. You know, that, that sort of, <laughs> I'm I'm edgy by not being edgy. It's just such a corny, played yeah. out sort of attitude to me. And so, I, I it, my only feeling is, you know, the kids are always right. Whether yeah. they, they always end up being right because they're the ones who are going to be alive and we're not going to be. You know, and, right. and when they're in their 40s and 50s, the kids... You know, it's always the 25 year olds always determine what's going to be popular. for the next <laughs> That's scary. You know, <laughs> somebody whose it. brain
1: isn't fully developed is making decisions for the rest of us. Yikes. And it was the same.
3: Yeah. Nobody, you know, yeah. we decided to make, you know, I don't know, Creed popular. Nobody did that. You know, uh, I'm yeah. Like,
1: Unfortunately, we did that do maybe, that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Know, we actually
0: generation. did do that. And yeah. <laughs> she played yeah. it every on the air. I played it on popular. the air yeah we did yeah. the same with Nickelback so you can blame us
1: yeah. yeah we can blame us for Nickelback you know but we also played Nirvana so we, you know we you know six of one half dozen the other
0: yeah but like getting mad about it is like getting mad
3: at weather you know right. it's, just, it's gonna happen whether you get mad at it or not so why why fight
0: it you
1: know? yeah yeah Adapt. That's true. don't fight right
0: right so you have a comedy gig coming up tomorrow night I do, I do, <laughs> yes, I do.
3: Uh, I mean, just yeah. here in the city. I yeah, I just have a yeah. couple shows in the city. Nothing. Uh, you got me thinking, like maybe I had something super. Not that these shows aren't important. Well, I'm glad I brought um, that up so you you remember. Uh... No, I do. Yes, I'm doing. I'm doing two shows. Uh, one at New York Comedy Club on uh, on East Fourth Street, and also at the New York Comedy Club on uh, West on East Twenty Fourth Street. Fourth Street and Twenty Fourth Street. Mm. Oh,
1: fantastic! When are you going to yes. be at the one on East Twenty Fourth
0: Street? I can tell you momentarily. Yeah, if you go to his website, uh, you can oh, okay. you can see all that stuff.
1: Christianfinnegan.com? Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: it's the nine
3: o'clock show on Twenty uh, Fourth Street. These the, uh, okay. yeah, doing. I'll, I'll be going on around ten o'clock, I believe. Okay, I can make that.
0: So when when you go on stage now, because you've been doing it so long, do you write new things for that show, like the show tomorrow night? Do you have new things, or do you just fall back on your? favorite 15 that you have or whatever
3: laurels always Uh, just (laughs) working (laughs) anti-effort it's i I mean it always you you don't do new material every show certainly Mm. i mean some, I guess you can try, but generally you, you try to mix in some newer, some older. Sometimes you're on the fly, and it depends where you are in this the cycle of creating an hour, because that's sort of the unit that comics work in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're working on the new hour, and for a certain period of time, you might be in the just throwing a bunch of shit against the wall. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to yeah. swear on this You podcast.
1: could you could swear you here. Can. Fuck yeah.
3: that. Yeah, swear. Oop shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then maybe later you're at a point where you have some material that's sort of B and you're trying to bring it up to A. And mm-hmm. so kind of, you might be working on the same 15 minutes for a couple months or something like that. Just kind of making it muscle memory, mm. you know. Right. But uh, every, everybody works a little differently. I, I'm trying one of my 2022, I wouldn't call it a resolutions, but uh, one of my determinations for this year is that I really want to be more proactive about writing material as opposed to just being inspired which i Mm. I feel like is uh less less dependable
1: Mm. and so how do you write like do you literally sit down and just think like okay christian brain go like what do you do
3: well sometimes like like i have a little game that i play with myself called the alphabet game which is just and this is just a me thing where i will literally just go through the alphabet and i'll write down one word for every letter just you know Apple, you know, basketball, candle, you know, and and then I will try to spend five minutes on each word and just trying to write something as that without as jumping off point doesn't mean it like you know if the word is apple you could be talking about fruit you could be talking about computers whatever Mm -hmm. but it's sometimes a lot of it's garbage it's kind of like stretching instead of working out you know or it's it's uh, like practicing instead of playing a game Mm -hmm. but every once in a while you'll find that that limitation is freeing that it actually gets you somewhere quicker than if you were just like i'm going to write about whatever i want it's like no don't write about whatever you want write about scissors for a couple of right. minutes mm. and strangely even though it's obviously a, not a an emotional word scissors or whatever it will bring up some memory of like oh my god that kid who stabbed me in the face in third grade with a pair <laughs> of scissors whatever you know
2: right. and, and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> off to the
3: races.
1: yeah yeah there's something funny in there <laughs> Um, All right. So, you know, whenever you come, you would like to play a little game with you. So we have a little game tonight. You ready for some gameplay? Okay. So it's a new game that I'm calling heinous act or I do that.
3: Okay. Mm.
1: Okay. All right. So here are situations that people have done or gotten themselves into and uh, they're actually listeners of ours and they want to know, like, do you think that what they did was heinous heinous or like, you know, you would totally do this. Uh, Okay. One of our listeners says that they use multiple email accounts to get free birthday drinks and birthday meals throughout the year, and they can go like a whole week and eat for free.
3: I would do that. I think. I think I would do that. I might not do it for like local mom and pop type restaurants, mm-hmm. but you know, at you know Uno's, sure, mm-hmm. right. You know, uh, you know, some Mexican restaurant chain or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, but probably not like. If I know the if the owner is just some horribly bent over old Greek man, you know,
1: like I'm not gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you could barely pay his rent. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but okay. I would say
3: I would land on the side if I would do that.
1: Okay. How about this one? Uh, some neighbors in my apartment building leave their shoes out in the hallway, and you're not allowed to do that in my building. So it bothered me so much. I put an anonymous note in the lobby saying, "I left my shoes out, and somebody took a dump in one of them, and now nobody leaves their shoes out anymore."
3: <laughs> you know, of all the ways I thought that was going to go, that is so much nicer that's like cruelty free, you know that like <laughs> I thought she was gonna say that she stole their shoes or she threw one in the trash or something, but no, she did something that didn't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. just made everyone change their behavior. I think that's that's pretty impressive. I thought I thought she was gonna come off like very uh to use a, an overused word Kareny. Uh, Mm -hmm. because I, we have a very annoying downstairs neighbor who is a horrible person. And so I am very (laughs) sensitive to nosy neighbors who expect peace and quiet and silence while also living in New York city. Right. But, uh, but no, I think the way she handled it is impressive. So I wouldn't do that, but I would not call it a heinous act. Well, what's up with your neighbor? Uh, well, I mean, it's sort of our fault is we have two dogs <laughs> okay. the first couple weeks we moved in, they had real separation anxiety because, you know, we had been up the entire pandemic. We had been with them for 16 months straight up in the woods. And then all of a sudden we're having them adjust to us being out of the apartment. And so they were a little annoying, but just from day one, just like knocking on our door or, or I gave her my number. And so she was like mm. texting me and calling me and, and, uh, I, last night, I guess they were barking a little bit, and she sent me like a really rude text and then said like, oh, I guess you're not going to answer me. Great. You know, just all. Oh, so, no. Sorry, I'm like on stage hostile.
1: entertaining an entire room full of people. Sorry, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. be there
3: for you. It's, it's just the kind of person where you know when you walk by their door that they're looking out the keyhole just to see right. it, that, that kind of person. Yeah. And that's a very particularly kind of annoying New York neighbor. And so I am generally speaking anti, just live your life. And just accept that you live in New York and things are going to be noisy sometimes. But if you're going to handle it the way this woman handled it, it's pretty top notch.
1: Yeah. I've never spoken to any <laughs> of my neighbors. I've been in this building 10 years.
3: Yeah. Whatever. I
1: talk to nobody. If it
3: happens. Yeah. It's like if you have dogs, maybe you have a little dog conversation mm-hmm. or whatever. But no, I, th- this, the, the thing about living in New York City is that you live near people, but not, t- you're not touching them. Do you know what I mean? There's that right. thin layer. There's that uh, (laughs) placenta of your apartment, (laughs) if you will. That's right. (laughs) But you're constantly aware where it's like, oh, I know my neighbor's porn habits, but I don't know his name. Like that kind of... (laughs) <laughs> you're near but distant at the same yes, time. Yes,
1: I know how often my upstairs neighbor has sex, but I could not tell you who. Like if I saw him in an elevator, I'd be like, I don't know if is it that guy, is it is it not mm. that guy? I have no yeah, idea who it is. But a
3: noise or yeah. sound, like if he dropped dropped a bag on his foot and he was like, oh, and you'd be like, oh, you're that guy.
1: Right. Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Spring a little, I, don't know I can see. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's another one from one of our listeners. Um, he said, "I used to sit in an office with a printer shared with other offices, and somebody down the hall who was a massive tool would print to the one right behind me. So I'd take the page before he arrived to get it. He'd sulk off and send it again and again and again. Then I'd put the whole pile back on the printer like they suddenly all came out at once."
3: <laughs> oh, that is a heinous act, but it is hilarious. That is, I <laughs> highly approve of that. That is very, very funny.
1: <laughs> I know. It's the one thing that Anthony and I was saying, we kind of, we miss and don't miss about working in a radio studio, you know, be around other people at all times. And, uh-huh. you know, those kind of quirky behavior. Like, I don't I don't miss that, but I miss it sometimes. I a don't. About,
3: I mean, that's, you know? that's like, that's kind of grist for the mill. Do you know what I mean? Those mm-hmm. involuntary, annoying, but not tragic interactions that you have with people on a day-to-day basis are kind of what keeps the fire in your brain rain going and I think all of this working from home in isolation can be kind of deadening right right You you don't see people things don't happen to you you know
1: Okay, like I got two I got day. two more for you. Um, okay, so one one guy says I have a weekly Zoom call with a guy that's married to a friend of mine to mess with him. The wife texts me a photo of what he's wearing that day, so I go and wear the exact same thing.
2: <laughs> it's been that's 18 brilliant.
1: months and he still can't figure out how I end up wearing the same thing as him every time we get on the Zoom
0: call. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, I
3: mean, that's that's impressive. That's dedication. I will say no, I, I fully I fully endorse that.
0: No, yeah. no, I believe that one guy is banging that one guy's uh, <laughs> wife. That's why she's texting them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> why would she yeah. have his number? other than they're banging
1: you got to escalate the drama always Anthony.
0: <laughs>
1: always um, okay and here's the last one this one okay listen to this uh, my next door neighbor texted me to ask if i could check our shed for their missing cat but i'm lazy so i just text back i said nope not there <laughs> two days later i opened the shed door and there was the cat mm-hmm. when i returned it i said i found her Uh, Like just walk walking around, and like here's the cat back. They were so grateful. They gave me a really nice bottle of wine as a thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah, I think you're gonna want to pay that bottle of wine forward. Uh, (laughs) Like you don't need to give it back, but you should probably buy someone else a bottle
0: of wine as penance. Right. Poor cat was stuck in there for two days because your lazy ass couldn't get up the couch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know yeah, or actually, take better a, care of your cat sauce. yeah
3: yeah that is
0: that's some weak sauce. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thank you so much christian finnegan we love having you on thank you for sharing your little secret to comedy but okay. you know so like you say that and people listening if they're interested in becoming comics it's like they can start thinking of ways that they could but you know if you're not funny you're not funny it doesn't you could give up all your special sauce it does not matter
3: Well, I mean, I don't know if I fully buy that if you're not funny, you're not funny. I think if you don't, okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was going to try to talk around it. I think uh anyone can become an okay comedian, but you have to be naturally funny to be a good comedian, I think.
1: Yeah, and I got to tell you, sometimes I'm funny on the radio, and I did that, uh, I think we've discussed this, I did that uh, funny reporter contest Uh where they stick you up at Gotham, and yeah. then they put you with a bunch of comedians who help you, like, write your act. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest thing I ever did.
3: It's a totally different animal. Yeah. There are certain comedians who end up, they're, like, mediocre comedians, but then they get into broadcasting, and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like basketball and baseball are different sports. You know, Michael Jordan was great at one. He wasn't super great at the other. That's just the, you know, so people got to find what Whoopi Goldberg what lasted
1: eight months at, on KTU. She was terrible.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great comic, does great, amazing actress- not already a radio person like that's yep. probably not the medium for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: I'm not sure I'm a comedy person. I'm. I think I'm. I think I'm a busboy person. Is that what
0: yeah. <laughs> what What's next? <laughs> I mean, if if this comedy thing doesn't work out, well, where do you go? Uh, into the
3: garage with the ignition on
0: the <laughs> Yeah, right. No, uh, <laughs> can you call us when you're doing that though so yeah, we I at will, least yeah. 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 Do, it, do it on You'll the air sweep <laughs> sweep <sweet. laughs>
1: thank you so much Christian Finnegan Bye, and guys. to find out where Christian is playing christianfinnegan.com and yeah. uh, go see him live because we have to support stand up comedians we got to support people who are out there
3: you know doing doing yeah, the deed and I'm uh, I'm at Christ Finnegan on all the social media platforms